Gentlemen, good morning. Boker Tov. Erev Rosh Hashanah. We already discussed, just to give you a brief introduction, and then I want to tell you the main point. But even the introduction could be a main point. Every, every holiday has avodah. A holiday is not a just a time. It's a time that has something special about it. Hashem created in the world zmanim. It means that just because it feels like just another day, but the day is different. For example, I think a lot of us, or maybe all of us, can appreciate that the Zman of Shabbat just feels different. Even though, if you try to explain to someone on the street that the time of Shabbat feels different than the time of Sunday, I'm not sure if they would be able to even like comprehend what, what does that mean. How can time be different? Time is time. But we know it's different. There's a certain atmosphere in the air during Shabbat, that if you're connected to Shabbat, you feel it, certain feeling. Hashem made in the world zemanim. They are auspicious times. Shabbat is a zman. Pesach is a zman. Sukkot is a zman. Shabbat is a zman. Kippur is a zman. You know, on Kippur, I've seen people make up and apologize in situations you think would never happen. If you spoke to them three days before, they won't do it. Kippur comes all of a sudden, just there's something in the air about Kippur that makes forgiveness a little easier. So there is an avodah, there is work to do in every zman. Hashem gave us times during the year because those times, if we do what we need to do, we take the most out of them. Of course, if we don't know what this man is, you can't even start to work. I don't think people are so much guilty of not working. I think they don't even know what to work on. So I think it's important to know we are coming onto very awesome days coming up, two very meaningful days, days that will affect our our year and our lifetime and our eternity. These are very important days. But what is the Avodah of Rosh Hashanah? So I told you, or maybe I didn't say it here, but I said it a few times elsewhere, that Rosh Hashanah is kind of a contradictory holiday in the way we deal with it. The emotions are confusing because on one hand it's Yom Adin, it's scary, it's judgment. You have a very serious way ab about it. On the other hand, there's uh, good food, nice new clothing, Shea Hayano. Celebration, 
We get together with our families. So there is an element of happiness as well in the days of Rosh Hashanah. I don't want to take long on this topic. There's much more to say on it. But in short, to get to the end, Rosh Hashanah is a day where the chesed, the kindness of Hashem, is displayed clear more than any day of the year. Rosh Hashanah is the day of chesed, day of kindness. It's the day where the creator of the world opens up all of his warehouses that has in it berachot ad belidai. There's the warehouse of life, warehouses of health, warehouses of parnasah, warehouses of shalom, warehouses of peace of mind. There's all endless amount of hesed that is being distributed on Rosh Hashanah. The, distri the distribution has different dates for the year. So the day where we see the most hesed display, on display, is the day of Rosh Hashanah. That is why we celebrate on Rosh Hashanah. That is why it's a very happy day. We're supposed to be happy on Rosh Hashanah. We all go out and buy new clothing. We go ahead and we eat good food. Because when someone is giving you gifts and you have a sour face on and you don't enjoy the gifts that he gives you, so it shows either that you're ignorant of the gift or you're a person who has no appreciation for what you get. So how can it be that on Rosh Hashanah when Hashem is showering us with gifts, we're going to have a down look to us, a down way about us. Therefore, we celebrate on Rosh Hashanah. We're celebrating the kindness of Hashem, that He's giving out kindness to the world. On the other hand, it's a scary day. Because even though a lot of kindness is being distributed, the question is, how much are you getting? Are we deserving of that kindness? They're giving out a lot of life. question is, am I included? They're giving out a lot of health. Am I included? So the warehouse is open and the distributions are out. The fear is, where am I in this? There's a judgment. The judgment is on the person, how much should be given. There's a distribution and they're judging, should you get a distribution? How much of the distribution? In every area of your life. And as we mentioned before, the day of Rosh Hashanah is not about the past. 
not about what you did, what you've done, not about your accomplishments. You can't come into Rosh Hashanah with your accomplishments. Not going to help you. If anything, it might hurt you. Because if you feel so accomplished, so you might as well check out. If you did so much already, people walk around thinking they've done so much in their life. If you think you did so much and you're basically done, time for retirement, so then the judgment of Rosh Hashanah will uh, be according to that mindset. Why do you need more gifts if you're already uh, if you're done? You're done already. You did good. So to be accomplished in your past doesn't help you. Certainly that you weren't accomplished doesn't help you. The Omadin is not about the past. It's about the future. Like we read that the person is judged lefisha'ah. They're looking at you as you are now. Meaning, what do you plan? Where's your mindset? What do you plan to do with your life going forward? The more you plan to do, the more tools that you'll get. The less you do, or less you want to do, if you're in retirement mode, don't stop, keep going. No retirement. In fact, call on Mosif. Mosif, the more you add, the more they add for you. Retirement is not a place to be. Retirement is a wish to get no more gifts. You have to have eyes and vision for more. It says by Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of his life, he was 120 years old. The day he died, the Torah describes him as It says by Moshe Rabbeinu, which means, means his energy. It did not escape him. He was still energetic at 120. I know his eyes didn't dim. So they ask why are they are there two descriptions of basically the same idea? Basically, he stayed young. He stayed energetic. Why does it say his energy didn't escape him and his eyes didn't dim why the eyes what's so special about the eyes not dim so some explain that one is explaining the other they chose the eyes because they want to explain to you how he stayed energized you see most people when they're young their eyes are open to the future when your eyes are open to the future it energizes you as you get older, you start looking backwards. You sit down with people. What do you talk about? You know what I did? You know what I gave? You know what I built? Talk about the past. If you ever visit someone older, 
you can know how to engage them in conversation in a very simple way. I used to visit an older man years ago. Every Friday I'd go visit him, spend half hour, hour, two hours sometimes. Depends on the day. So one time I couldn't go. I asked somebody if he can go instead of me. I told him he's an old man. Doesn't have a lot of visitors. He would appreciate if you go talk to him. He said, how long should I spend it? I told him, half hour, hour. He says, I can't do it. He says, what am I going to say to an old man that I don't know for a half hour or an hour? I said, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a little hint. I said, you could go get earphones if you like. Put a class on. When you start talking to him, when you start talking to him, you introduce yourself and then you ask him where he was as a child and tell him to tell you about his history. I said, you could put on your earphones for two hours and you just keep talking. Maybe it's a little exaggerated. I exaggerate the story, but that's the truth. A lot of people, they hit a certain age. Instead of their eyes looking forward, their eyes are looking backwards. When your eyes start to look backwards, you lose your energy. You know why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't lose his energy? His eyes never dimmed. His eyes remained open to see forward. He had plenty to accomplish. He had plenty to do. He was a hungry man. It says, Ohev Kesev, one who loves money. Anybody here loves money? Ohev Kesev, lo yisbat Kesev. Somebody who loves money, never satisfied with money. Once more, he can be on his deathbed and he's still excited about a few more dollars entering the account. Even though he's never going to spend it, he's never going to enjoy it. There's something called the love of money. Says Shalomo Amelech, one who loves money, never is satisfied with money. Hazal say, what's he talking? The book he wrote is called Mishle, it's parables. So what you see in the Pasuk is just an example. What's the real story behind that? Hazal say, that's Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu also loved something. Something much more than Kesef. Kesef is the currency of this world. You could love it all you want. But one day, it's going to leave you. That's why money, they called it Gemara, Zuz. You know Zuz? Zuz means Zaz. That means money isn't with you forever. Sometimes you lose it here. It goes from one to another. But for sure, one day, it's going to be zads from you. Money doesn't stay with you. The currency of this world is money. The kesef that is eternal is spirituality. Torah, mitzvot, tzedakah, kibbutz 
sit down and learn Torah, learn something, read something. That's kesef also. It's also a currency. But it's a currency that has no expiration. So imagine, if you ever wondered, how come Hashem made it that people love money so much? Again, at the end of the day, money really, I mean, how many beds are you going to sleep on? How many houses are you going to build? How many, how many meals are you going to have? It's limited. The physical pleasures are limited, especially when you get older. How much are you going to spend? But yet, Hashem made it. You love the money. And you can't feel satisfied from the money. Why does Hashem make it like that? Very simple. To teach you, to teach you what you can love if it was a real currency. If you love a currency that expires so much and you just can't get enough, how much more so if you recognize the eternal currency of mitzvot, of tzedakot, of Torah, those are real currencies. If you recognize the currency, the kesef, that's eternal, you'd say Moshe Rabbeinu in 120 years accomplished more than any man on this planet. So for sure he was satisfied. Says the Pasuk, no. Or have kesef if you understand currency, you're never satisfied from currency. Hashem made it in this world that currency is unsatiable. Unlike other things, but currency can never be satisfied. You always want more, no matter how much you have. If you realize the real currency, you'd feel like Moshe Rabbeinu. That is why Rosh Hashanah is a day about the future. It's about now and the future. It's about opening our eyes to the opportunities of greatness in life. It's about committing ourselves to do more with our lives, to, move, to do more with our money. You have extra money, spend it. Give it out. Build things with it. Don't let it sit in the bank where it's going to expire. Give it to where it's going to earn you. And look forward to where you could spend it. You have more time. Use it to learn. Don't be satisfied with a little bit. If you could do more, do more. You can do it. Spend more of your energy on upgrading your spiritual currency. When your eyes are open to such desires, then Hashem just keeps giving you and keeps giving you. I don't know if this was said anywhere. I don't know if it was written anywhere. But perhaps this is why Moshe Rabbeinu never died. You know Moshe Rabbeinu never died the way people die? He never just went to sleep and didn't wake up. Hashem told him, you have to die. Which means even his death was a spiritual accomplishment. The man was so excited about accomplishment 
that Hashem couldn't kill him. Hashem cannot kill you. He cannot take it from you if your eyes are open to use it and accomplish with it. He can't take your life if your hunger for life and accomplishing in your life is so big. He can't do it. When you stop looking forward, things start to be taken from you. And when you open your eyes bigger, Hashem can't take it from you. He needs to give it to you. Moshe Rabbeinu could not have his life taken away from him because his hunger for accomplishment was so big, Hashem had to give him life. There was no way out. The only way Moshe Rabbeinu died was by death being a spiritual accomplishment. Hashem says you're commanded to die. So Moshe says, oh, I'm going to die now. That was a spiritual achievement. That's the only way God could take away his life. Because the man had so much vision that he, of things he wanted to do. Remember that. The less you're planning to do, the less gifts you need. The more you plan to do, the more tools you will be given. It's a simple formula. It's not Kabbalistic. It's not prophecy. It's simple. It's cause and effect. Hashem wants to give you as long as you have what to do with it. You got to keep forward and keep looking more. That's what the day of Yom Roshanaz, is. It's a day of commitment. But we can't forget that it's part of Aseret Yemei Teshuvah. We have 10 days of Teshuvah. Kippur clearly is Teshuvah. It's about the past. It's about Averot. All the days leading to Yom Kippur is focused on Teshuvah. But why do we call Rosh Hashanah also a day of Teshuvah? Aseret Yemei Teshuvah begin tonight. You might have thought it should be Shemonai Yemei Teshuvah. Rosh Hashanah is about committing yourself to the great you. Teshuvah usually is about what you did in the past. Teshuvah is erasing your Averot. But Rosh Hashanah is about moving forward. So it should be Rosh Hashanah. Let's move forward. And then we have Teshuvah. But they're called the 10 days of Teshuvah. Which means that Rosh Hashanah is also Teshuvah. But I just told you that we don't think about the past on Rosh Hashanah. So how can Rosh Hashanah be a day of Teshuvah if we're thinking about the future? So I said the Teshuvah is all about Teshuvah. 
But Rosh Hashanah is a unique type of Teshuvah. What is the Teshuvah of Rosh Hashanah? It's all about what happens during Musaf. During the Musaf, Tefillah, we have three themes that are the Avodah of the day. What is the Avodah of Rosh Hashanah? Musaf. What's in Musaf? If you notice, it's a long Musaf. People try to finish as soon as they can. I don't know how people read so fast, to be honest with you. I sit in the Amidah. I'm reading the words. I'm not going very slow. All of a sudden, they blow the Shofar. So we stop. Then I go again. A minute later, blow the Shofar again. I don't know, maybe a different Mahzor. But there's a reason why that Musaf is long. Because that is the Avodah of Rosh Hashanah. Right there in that Musaf is Rosh Hashanah. If you find yourself singing in Shahrit and rushing in Musaf, so you missed the game. You blew it. Musaf is the key. What's happening during Musaf? What's the Avodah Musaf? By Musaf, there are three things. And each section where we blow the Shofar three times, each one represents one theme. The first theme is called Malchuyot. The second theme is called Zichronot. The third theme is called Shofarot. Now that doesn't mean anything to anybody here. Malchuyot, Zichronot, Shofarot. Even if you could translate, let's translate it. Malchuyot means crowning the king. How long could that take? Zichronot means to remember Zichronot, to remember things. Shofarot means Shofarot, Shofar. How exciting does that sound? Then help us. What is it? What does this mean? That this is the theme of Rosh Hashanah. These three themes are the key to your existence and your success in this world. You're looking for life, you're looking for blessings, you're looking for everything good. Well, you got to have a purpose here. And these three themes represent three parts of our life mission. Malchiyot, Zichronot, Shofarot are the three foundations of the great Jew. Malchiyot means you are clear, not that you just know or you heard from your father 
or you just said, of course, it's obvious. No, no. You are clear. Clear. Not so easy to be clear. You are clear that there is a creator to this world. You got to be clear about that. There is a creator in this world. There's a melech in this world. There's a king in this world who creates this world and who runs this world. You got to be clear about that. Because if you walk the streets and you forgot that for a minute, life will be different. I'll explain in a minute why. Zichronot means that what you do counts. There is a melech to this world. He's the king. He created the world. He runs the world. But how does he run the world? Based on what does he run his world? He could do anything he wants, but what does he do? Zichronot says he remembers what you do and based on what you do, that's how he runs his world. You see, there's a king who runs his world the way he wants. Whatever comes to his mind, doesn't come to his mind, it's all about him. But this Melech is Kol Yachol, he's all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants. He created the world, runs the world. But how does he run it? Zichronot. Zichron means that what you do or what you don't do changes your world. Your world is a product of you. Most people don't like that. Most people like when they make money. When they make money. Oh, let's go the other way around. When they lose money or, or things are happening in their life that are not so good, they love victimhood. You know what victimhood is? I love being the victim. I don't know what is happening to me. I don't understand why God's doing this to me. You know how many people feel like that? All of us feel like that. So many times in our lives. We must remember, you have to have emunah, clear. Emunah not, doesn't mean blind faith. Clarity. That what happens in your life has everything to do with you. You should ask why that happened, but you should ask yourself. Why is this happening to me? Meaning, what am I doing that it's happening to me? Zichronot, again, Malchiot, foundation number one, there's a creator, he runs the world. It's all in his hands. Number two, so what does he do with the world? Zichronot. Vayizkor Elohim et Noah. All the Pesukim that we read in this part of the Musaf talks about how Hashem remembered this one, how Hashem remembered that one. What does that mean? It means, why was there a Mabul? 
Why was there a flood? We talk about it in the Musaf. Because people acted a certain way. Why was Noah a part of the flood? Because Noah acted differently. Because the way Hashem deals with every person is according to what they do. It's never what he decided. It's always what he decided because of you. You actually are moving the strings. He is all powerful. But you're the one moving the strings. He is just moving it based on what you move. Hashem tzilecha al yad yeminecha. Hashem is our shadow. What means our shadow? You ever walk? Where does your shadow go when you walk? Right with you. You turn right, your shadow turns right. You back up, he backs up. Hashem is your shadow. Of course Hashem is pulling all the strings. But why is he pulling that string? Why didn't he pull that string? You know why? Because of you. Which means, Zichronot is another foundation of Emunah. That this world runs on your decisions. That's what they call Sechar Va'onesh. Reward and punishment. In a more sophisticated way, perhaps. It means that you decide your destiny. The way Hashem deals with you has everything to do with you. So your actions actually mean a lot. It's not that the world is running and you happen to be part of it. No, no. You are deciding what happens next. Unbelievable thing. Who walks around like that? People walk around as the world is running and they happen to be in it also. They're also included in the world. No, no, no. It's not like that. You are the decision maker of what Hashem will do for you or won't do for you. Yeah, he's the Melech. He is all in control. He is. You control nothing. But yet, all the controls are dependent on you. And then, the third foundation of the great person. Imagine already you had those two. Walking around. Imagine you walked around. With this clarity, you have a creator in the world who's with you, who's guiding you. And you're the one that's pushing the buttons that he's going to guide you with. Power. And the third one, the final foundation of the great person, is that we have Torah min Shamaim. That Hashem gave us a manual of what we need to do to push the right buttons. I mean, you might tell me after number two, okay, I got it, it's all in my hands. I got it. The buttons, the strings is in my hands. But what are the strings? I mean, there are a lot of people who guess their way through life, even good Jews. They just assume that it's probably a good thing to do this. 
it doesn't really matter that much if you do that. On our own, who knows what we'll decide how to pull the strings. People in their mind, I told you once, I went to visit somebody, true story, hard to forget this. He's a good man. I don't want you to think I'm talking bad against him. He's a good man. I went to visit someone sitting Shiva. What a tragedy. This man, no Shabbat, no Kashrut, no nothing that you would think is Beth Knesset, none. Limut Torah, not even in the picture. Nothing, guys, zero. Lives in the community, but totally checked out. More checked out than anybody probably that you know. Totally not there. He's sitting Shiva for some tragic thing that happened. I went to visit him. Sitting there in front of him. I'm waiting for him to talk. I'm not going to speak up. Let him talk. A minute passes. Nobody's talking. Two minutes passing. Okay. I hold strong. You want to talk? You have to talk. First words that come out of his mouth. He says, Rabbi, it's bothering me so much. Why would something like this happen to me? But, but you know what you learned from that? You know what I learned from that? That in his mind, he's a good person. And he's pulling all the right strings. So much so, that he can't understand why God would do this then. He's pulling all the strings. He does everything right. Why does he think that? Because he's not aware of, you see this guy, the way he's talking to me, seems like he knows there's a creator who runs the world. Otherwise, what's the question? It seems he knows that the creator runs based on his pulling the strings. Otherwise, what's he asking? What did I do? What's he missing? He's missing number three. He's missing that the strings aren't your strings. You don't decide what strings are the right ones or the wrong ones. Not up to you to decide what's good or not good. It's not up to you to decide what is considered valuable or not. There is Torah minas shamaim. The Creator gave the strings of life. He told you which strings to pull and which ones not. He told you how to do it, when to do it. Shabbat is Shabbat. There's no such thing as your Shabbat. Your Shabbat doesn't exist. It doesn't matter how you think Shabbat should be spent. It doesn't make a difference. You could spend your own Shabbat doing it your way and you all got saying, okay, I pulled the right strings. And you could be not pulling the right strings. Torah mina shamaim means there is a clear, absolute way of living life. It's not up to me and you to decide what's considered a great life. It's not our opinion that matters. It doesn't matter if the entire world says they think this is the way we should live life. Let me ask you a question. Imagine a halakha came out, a question in Allah came out. And uh, there used to be in this city a great man by the name of Moshe Feinstein. He was the Gadol Ador and he was a great posek. Imagine a question came onto the Jewish world in his time. And people 
didn't know what to do in a certain situation. So they took a vote. And every Jew in the world or in America said, we should do it this way. And Ramosha Feinstein says, no, no, no. That's wrong. Who do you think counts? Who cares how many people said it? They're ignorant. They don't know anything. One Ramosha Feinstein is equal to billions of people who don't know anything. You can't vote for what strings in life are correct or not. So the third foundation of greatness is Torah minas shamayim. This Torah that Hashem gave us, Torah shebichtav, Torah shebalpeh. This Torah is the only strings of life. Nothing else makes a difference. What you think doesn't make a difference. Three foundations. That's the shofar of Matan Torah. When, they got, when we got the Torah, they blew the shofarot. Hashem gave us the Torah with the shofar. Malchiot, we blow the shofar by Malchiot. What are we doing? We're crowning the king. There's a melech to this world. There's a creator. He runs the world. That's one section of the Musaf. Again, it's not a section where you just say it and move on. You got to internalize it. You got to say it with feeling. It has to be real. Next section, Zichronot. You're the guy pulling the strings. We blow the shofar for that too. And then, the third one is the shofar of Matan Torah. There is clear emet of how to live this world. Those are the three foundations of the great person. He sees Hashem. He knows it's Him. And He has a guide of how to do it. Those three things together bring a person closer to Hashem. That's called Teshuvah. Wait, we didn't talk about the pest? In any of those three things, did we speak about the Averot we did? No. Did we speak about the Shema that we missed last night? No. So how could that be called Teshuvah? In reality, what we just spoke about is the main part of Teshuvah. Why? How come a person sins? Why did you sin? Why did you not keep Shabbat properly? Why did you not give tzedakah the way you should? Why did you not use your mouth the right way? Why didn't you? I know you did wrong, but why did you do wrong? You know why? Because you were far from Hashem. You didn't realize you don't live with the Creator in front of you. You're not living with these three concepts. These three concepts are either foreign to you or they're not real in your life. You know when a person sins? When he feels distant from Hashem. That's, that explains, by the way, why people when they go on vacation, they get more loose. How come? People in Brooklyn, they have a certain way of behavior. You go on vacation, there's almost like a feeling like, come on, let loose. Why? 
What happened to you? And it's not because nobody's watching you, because you can go together with a thousand people. You still feel loose. You know why? Because when you leave your environment, you feel like you left Hashem too. When, when does a person sin? When does a person not behave right? When he thinks nobody's watching. He thinks nobody's around. When we're distant from Hashem, that's the reason why we do the wrong things. So what's the way you make Teshuvah? You come back to Hashem. In fact, the word Teshuvah doesn't talk about Averot. That's Kapara. That's Seliha. But it's Aser Dimeh Teshuvah. The word Teshuvah means to return. Where are you returning? You're returning to these three principles. The only reason why you messed up is because you're lacking in these principles, the three we just mentioned, Malchiyot, Zichronot, Shofarot. Because you're lacking in these three, that's why you messed up. You didn't mess up because you're a bad person. You didn't mess up because you're an evil person. Not because you're lazy. You messed up because you're not living with these three principles. And you're distant from your creator. And therefore you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So how do you make Teshuvah? The real Teshuvah is on Rosh Hashanah. The real building blocks of Teshuvah is Rosh Hashanah. You're setting your flag. Where are you? If you come out of Rosh Hashanah with these three principles, if you walk out of Musaf with these three principles, every time the shofar blows for each one, the shofar of Malchiyot should be different than the shofar of Zichronot. The shofar of Shofarot is different than Zichronot. Each shofar represents something. And each shofar is a mindset to drive home that principle. If you drive home those three principles, then what happens to you? All of a sudden you find yourself back in front of Hashem. You thought that you escaped or you thought He left you or you thought He's not around. All of a sudden you found yourself back. And you know what happens when you find yourself back in front of Hashem? All of a sudden you start realizing, oh no, I'm dirty. I look at this. Look at that. I feel stains on my soul. When you come in front of Hashem, when you're far from Hashem, you don't feel anything. When you get close to Hashem, all of a sudden you start realizing, I have things that I have to resolve. Then you could do Kapara. Then you could do Yom Kippur. But you need first Rosh Hashanah. If you don't put yourself in front of Hashem, then there's no room to get rid of the past. To get rid of the past, you have to align yourself. That's why Yom Rosh Hashanah, besides it being the day that all the gifts are being given, it's also the day that we sit, we set our foot in the right place. Malchiyot, Zichronot, Shofarot. We focus on those three and we come out closer to Hashem. And that closeness is real Teshuvah. And then we will have a year full of Beracha. We will be like Moshe Rabbeinu. That Hashem said, I can't take this away from him. Or I need to give him more. What can I do? The guy is ready to step up. The guy is ready to do more. His eyes are open to the future. I have no choice but to give him all the tools 
that he needs to be able to fulfill an accomplished life. Gemar v'hatimah tovah to school Rabot. 